Hi, I'm Caleb. This is my mommy's podcast. If you like it, would you please share it, subscribe, and give her a review? I know she'll be very grateful. Thanks, and have an awesome, great, awesome, great, awesome day. Welcome to The Faint Wick. I'm Melissa Strickland. In the last episode, I talked about the beginning of my journey through anger. I'm not going to rehash all of that. I'll just say that the Lord showed me that there is an anger, a bitter anger, that springs from the place of being disillusioned with the life you have because it isn't the life you dreamed you would have. The reality of reality can be awfully hard to face. After that episode, I realized that I had titled it Journey Through Anger Part 1 without really knowing if there would be a Part 2. I mean, maybe I had already gotten what God wanted me to know, and that was that. I mean, that happens a lot, right? God says, meh. You're not really where you need to be, but I think I'll just drop it. Yeah, that doesn't really happen to me either. But nonetheless, I was clueless about part two. So as I was waiting to learn more about anger, I dove into Genesis. My morning ritual is that I drive to an overlook on the Blue Ridge Parkway and I look out at the majesty of our beloved mountains here in North Carolina, and I read three or four chapters of the Bible out loud, sitting there in my car, out loud. And yes, there have been times when I have gotten funny looks from people who pull up next to me, and sometimes they very quickly drive away. But I do it anyway, because for me... It's a powerful way of connecting with God that I need to center my day. And these past few weeks, my morning ritual has entailed reading chapters of Genesis out loud. Friends, if you ever want to revel in your humanity and just feel okay about God's love for you in the midst of your sin and mess— I highly recommend you read Genesis. Those people, the fathers of the faith, the mothers of the faith, good grief. One thing that stuck out to me each morning, time and again, was control. When I prayed after the reading, I just kept feeling only God is in control. And boom, I realized that this is the next step in this journey through anger. Be okay with not having control. Be okay that you can't fix everything. Be okay when you don't get what you want when you want it. Be okay with letting God handle the frustrations of dealing with 
multiple sclerosis, and with everything else that life throws at you. So the first time this message started to penetrate was when I read Genesis chapter 16. Right before that, in chapter 15, God had assured Abram, who would later become Abraham, that his very own son would be his heir. In fact, the Lord made this incredible promise. He said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. So shall your offspring be. Huge promise, right? But the fact was, Abraham was old. His wife Sarai was old, and they had surely become disillusioned because they had not already been given the blessing of many children. They didn't have the life they had dreamed of. Hmm. Journey through anger, part one. I can imagine there was frustration, bitterness, anger. So in chapter 16, they did exactly what I so often do. Maybe you do it too. They took control of the situation. Sarai found a solution. In verse 2, she says to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And what happened? Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. It didn't seem to matter that the Lord himself had appeared to Abram in a vision and promised him descendants as numerous as the stars. In the weakness of his humanity, he pushed aside the voice of God and listened to the voice of Sarai. They were in control. They would fix it themselves. How many times have I pushed aside God's voice and listened instead to my instinct, my gut, my humanity? How many times have I lost patience with waiting for God's promises and turned instead to my own solutions? I hate to admit this, but there have been times when I have not prayed about a situation because I have decided that I'll deal with it and I don't actually even want to say out loud that I'm going to turn it over to God. I feverishly look for diets and treatments and doctors and therapists for Robinson. If I can just unlock the right combination of supplements and vegetables, he'll feel better. I obsess over spreadsheets and lists, and I make headstrong decisions without prayer, without consultation with the Almighty, without thinking, because I'm in control. Is it just me? Anyone else out there with control issues? 
anyone else out there take control, make a mess out of things, and get angry that the thing you knew you would fix is now a bigger mess than it was when you started. And that reminds me of how things turned out for our favorite patriarch and his elderly wife. It became a great big mess. First, there was success. Hagar conceived. The plan worked. But then, the Bible tells us that Hagar looked with contempt toward her mistress. There's a lot to unpack in that dynamic, but that's not where we're going today. So we'll just move on. And Sarai sees that her plan, her attempt at control, isn't turning out as she had expected. Hmm. That sounds awfully familiar to me. I work very, very hard to control people, events, pets. But even with my best effort, it all slips through my fingers so often. The kids kick the back of the seats in my car and leave their dirty footprints on my pristine interior. The cats claw at the furniture. Colleagues have their own opinions on the way things should be done. Multiple sclerosis keeps gnawing away at my husband's brain and spine. Even though I'm shoving kale down his throat and hiding all of the sugar in the house. Nothing goes exactly the way I had planned it in my head. And I get so frustrated, so angry, so hurt that the situation isn't changing even though I am exhausting myself into a completely flattened state trying to control it all. So angry at myself. So angry at everyone around me. And it bubbles out and sometimes it bursts out because there is no control to be found and I'm burnt out. And when I read on in this Genesis story, I see myself in Sarai. You know, when I read the Bible, I try not to insert too much of my imagination into it. I I don't want to go too far outside what we know, what's actually written. But in this case, I can just close my eyes and picture the scene as Sarai lays into Abram, which I love because this is so human. My plan didn't work, and it's all your fault. I can remember once when Robinson had been following one of those diets that I just knew was going to make him feel better, but one day he said he was in a lot of pain. And God help my ridiculous spirit 
I felt so mad at him. My plan wasn't working and it was all his fault. And my anger came forth and we ended up in an argument. Just like Sarai and Abram. The result of my argument with Robinson was tears and deep bone tiredness. The result in the Genesis story was that Sarai, with Abram's sign-off, dealt harshly with Hagar, took her anger out on Hagar, who then fled into the wilderness. And there you have it. Disillusionment, that journey through anger part one. Disillusionment led Sarai and Abram to forget the promises of God and seize control, which then resulted in discord, contempt, anger. The whole household was turned upside down and an angry woman kicked another woman who was filled with contempt into the harsh desert with her child. That worked out well, huh? And how about you? Do you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders today? Because I believe so much of our control issues come from feeling like we have to do it. We're caregivers. Everyone is counting on us. We have to keep all of those balls that we're juggling up in the air. So we have no choice. And we say that we would be glad to turn it over to someone else, but no one else would do it could do it. That's what we say, right? But maybe you're like me. In my heart, there's no one I think I can trust enough to hand it over to. And then I think about Job chapter 38. You know, where God Almighty, Sovereign of the Universe, says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Ouch. And then later in the chapter, Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Or... Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? I think you get the point. Job sure did. Psalm 24 1 tells us The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So, friends, That is the God who is telling us to turn over control to Him, the sovereign God of the universe, the one who is able to resurrect the dead, and the one who is able 
and willing to promise us eternity through Jesus Christ. He's also the God who promises when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. That's Isaiah 43, 2. And let me just repeat, that is a promise. It's the promise of the same God who promised Abram that he and Sarai would have a child. But as time passed, doubt set in. How many times has that been me? How many times has that been you? How many times have we decided that our only option is to take matters into our own hands? We don't even bother to go to the Lord for affirmation or, I don't know, wisdom maybe. But there are too many things in this life that we can't control. People don't do exactly as we say. Circumstances don't change by the sheer force of our will. And boy, does that make us angry. It's okay to admit it. We're all friends here. So what would it look like for us to determine that we're going to let it go? Could we, with lots and lots of prayer, be able and willing to join the psalmist in saying, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. And then hand over control to the sovereign God of the universe. Could we be the Abram of Genesis fifteen six, which says, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Could we, even we caregivers, even we who are expected to always be strong and in control, could we loosen our grip and hold unswervingly to the hope we profess as we remember that he who promised is faithful? Me? Well, let me take a deep breath here. I'm sure going to try. I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep digging into scripture. And I'm going to try. You know what? I'm already feeling a little less angry. The song... Robinson is singing today is called One Piece at a Time. And one line I particularly love is, put your trust in him and he'll build your life again. That's truth. And that's my prayer for all of us. Give him control. You can trust him. Have a blessed day. Go when your dreams are.
This is Melissa's daughter, Mona. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. Thanks a lot.